Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello around the coin. Today we have a special guest, Albert, who is a founder of Nate. Now, Nate is a consumer software company. Uh, actually, it's the biggest series seed round ever raised by a consumer software company. And Albert is someone who has very diverse background, comes from a technical and business background, and he's able to leverage this to create a very interesting product using combination of AI, uh, social science, etc., and, um, you know, running this company is not an easy task, although they raised a good amount of money and he is really thriving to you know, striving to create a thriving culture for for all his workforces and really uh, understands the importance of, of company culture. So I highly recommend checking out this episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Around the Coin. Today, we have a very exciting guest, Albert. He is the founder of Nate. Uh, and before we get into Nate, uh, we're really excited to have you on here, Albert. And we we're wondering if you can give us a little intro about yourself. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Big fan of Around the Coin. Uh, so I'm really pumped for this. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, I was born in Spain. Uh, I grew up between Spain and France. So English is actually my fourth language. I moved to the U.S. for college. I moved to California first, and uh, then I started my career in New York, where I've lived for the last 10 years now. And um, I always thought growing up that I would be into, I would be working in like math or computer science, and then somehow the world uh, directed me towards consumer and fashion. So I built my career in understanding how consumers make buying decisions in, in emotional categories. I founded a few companies and then I, I went to business school and I worked at Amazon, which is probably the largest retail player. Um, and about two years ago, I was trying to merge two of my uh, passion fields, I guess, uh, my understanding of consumer behavior and also uh, my appreciation for machine learning and, and deep learning. And I founded Nate and that's my story here in a nutshell. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's uh sounds like there's a there's a lot to dig in there. But before before we do that, um, I forgot to mention, but Min is also joining us as a co-host today, so she'll be uh, listening in and joining in the conversation. And yeah, Min, please uh, give a brief intro about yourself as well. Hi guys, my name is Min. I work currently at Cred, a leading centralized finance platform, and I'm super excited to talk with you. I also used to work in retail tech as well, and 
um, I'm familiar with the space. So it's super exciting to chat with someone who is a thought leader and I'm super excited to be here. Nice to meet you, man. Great. Likewise. And yeah, going back to you, Albert. So you said English is your fourth language. How did that's right? How did that happen? Um, Well, what what are your other three other three languages? (laughs) Yeah, so both of my parents are are from Spain. Um, I was born in in Barcelona in Spain, Um, and both of my parents speak Spanish. In in Barcelona, they they speak uh, in, in in a broader region called Catalonia. They speak also another language called Catalan. And so that was, I guess, my second language in school. But I went to a uh, French education school in Spain, and then I moved to France. Um, it feels like a different country sometimes, like on this side of the pond, but really it's a one-hour flight. Um, so it's like going from here to Chicago or something. Uh, so I, I grew up between the two countries, and then I was really bad at English, actually. Like all of my teachers were really mad at me. I was really good at everything else except for English. And it's funny because you now, great now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, and so then uh, I, I first moved to LA because I, I fell in love with, um, with this guy. And, um, and I was like, I need to be with him. And so <laughs> I quit my entire life and I moved to California. And so I had to mm-hmm. kind of improve my English um, because the world forced me to. Wow. Wow, that's a that's a huge transition. That's a that's a very romantic story. Uh, yeah, yeah. Moved I've moved LA. for love several times. Several times. I moved to LA for love. Then I moved back to Paris, also for love. And then I moved to New York. And I've been in New York for the last ten years, uh, but uh, and also for love. Actually, I've made most of my geographic decisions based on love. And then my career has kind of adapted from there. That, that's amazing. Well, you know, you know the they say the best founders are, are passionate founders. And, and if you're, if you're chasing love and, and passion, it sounds like you, you are a great, great found, founder and CEO. Like <laughs> I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Oh, I have to say though, yeah. I'm happily married, by the way, I stopped hopping <laughs> geographically <Yeah>. for love. <laughs> just in case, just in case uh, your partner's is listening. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure he will listen, by the way. I, I'm bet he's oh. a big fan of the podcast as well. Oh, hello. Hello. It's good to good to have you in the audience. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. And and so while hopping around, um, I'm assuming you were kind of figure out how to um, be sustainable, financially sustainable, or or maybe you had mm-hmm. um, you're figuring out how to fit in your career while you're mm-hmm. uh, m- moving into new geographical locations. So how did how did you uh, manage that? How did you what, what was yeah. how did you figure that out? Yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough one. Uh, so it's uh, when I graduated from college, I, I got a phone call from a well-known management consulting firm asking me to join their Madrid office as a business analyst. And and I was like, wait, but I know a lot about you know math and computer science, and 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 I actually ended up graduating in political science, so I know a lot about. Oh, international relations or, or philosophy, but I know nothing about business. So why do you want me to be a business analyst if I know nothing about business? And they were like, no, we really love how you think. So you should probably just come and join us. And so I went through their process and then they ended up, they, they didn't want to transfer my offer to New York, which is where I wanted to live, uh, which is where my, my then boyfriend, now husband lived. And, and so I, I was basically jobless. I, I decided to move to New York regardless and I didn't have a job and I had to 
um, you know, pay for stuff. So uh, I started selling T-shirts and that was my first business. Um, so I, I became a founder kind of by mistake. I didn't, um, looking back, both my parents are founders in their own way. And so it kind of makes sense looking back. But back in, you know, back in the day, I just did it kind of by um, the world forcing me to um, to do it. And uh, we lived in a, in a small apartment in, in Chelsea, in New York in a one bedroom apartment turned two bedroom with a fake wall and cockroaches. And, um, and so I, I bought a bunch of t-shirts from, from a vendor in, in France and I started selling them and I created a mini brand and that was really, that was my first business. So, and then I've, I've done many businesses after that. Um, but, but yeah, so I guess, um, I've always, I think the best, the best way to find resilience sometimes is if the world, forces you to kind of not have a choice right that makes a lot of sense yeah um albert like it's really interesting because it seems like as you said you have that creative right brain and also left brain training right um through your mba and even your company right it's currently machine learning which is a very technical field um combined with fashion and beauty tech so i would love to hear more around how you um, raised money for the company and what kind of valuation comparables you you, you used, right? Because um, I know being in retail tech that there are uh, companies in the space that are valued at lower multiples than the AI um, related startups, right? So can you tell us more about that fundraising process for Nate and how you were able to, to raise the $8 million you did? Yeah, totally. Um, so it's 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 been a, an interesting journey so far um because for the first uh year and a half of the business i was uh raising pretty much every month you know uh, i was raising in in convertible notes or or safes um in order to just make payroll because we were working on developing this technology and even ourselves we didn't know if we would be able to crack it so we were in complete stealth just figuring out if there would be a way for us to uh, build and train a machine to know how to buy any item on any website without a direct integration with that website. And the the deep tech nature of the company um, made it where the kind of easier route would have been building an enterprise solution for it. Most deep tech companies these days are enterprise companies and most consumer companies are lighter on the tech side, right? Um, and so at Nate, we are a deep tech company and we're also a consumer company. And going back to your question about um, about raising equity for a business of, of this nature, um, you probably know that consumer companies on average are way, way riskier than enterprise companies. And so, um, and, and, and then deep tech companies have an additional layer. So if you think of the business as an onion, the center of the onion is the AI. And then on, the, on top of that, you have the, you know, engineering. And then on top of that, you have the product and then the commercial layer. But there's that additional layer, right? If it's if it's just a consumer software company without, uh, without AI, then there's, you know, one less layer t- to build first. And so you have like the riskiest uh, type of business on one side, which is consumer, and then the longest development cycle on the other side, which is you know deep tech, and that combination was was really hard. So it took, you know, a year and a half um, 
complete stealth and raising month to month to get the right people to reach conviction. Ultimately, when we were able to show an alpha version of the product that we wanted to build, then it the, it became really competitive for investors. So we raised from you know traditional venture capital uh, institutional investors, and by that point we had proven so much that um, it became a no brainer. Also, if you if you if you think of the fact that um, that we're 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 looking at a market that is really large and and growing, right? So global e-commerce is a $4 trillion market in 2020 globally, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a pretty impressive, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge industry. Uh, you mentioned you worked at Amazon too. And it's, you know, you, I think I think even though you got into the business of, of buying and selling uh, these, these clothing items, you mentioned that you always thought you would be working with math and computer science. And it sounds like you were eventually able to kind of integrate both uh, together yeah. and incorporate it into your business. So how did that, how did that jump happen? You know, Min just mentioned you guys raised $8 million. Congratulations, by the way. And, um, but, but just, just before you're saying you just kind of jumped into buying and selling, selling um, clothes in New York uh, to support yourself. So how does it transition from that phase to to building your your own company? Hmm. So, yeah, my first business was just you know selling to selling t-shirts, as I mentioned, uh, and mm-hmm. and by then I knew nothing about t-shirts. Um, so I guess my career has been for the most part on the consumer side, even at Amazon. Right, I wasn't building any sort of deep tech at Amazon. I was working on uh, private label for there softlines division which is their code for fashion so basically helping figure out which brands to launch and at which price points and in which categories um mm. and when i left amazon i went to a i did a, this is a true story i did a meditation retreat in bali uh, and i was there for a whole month um without technology uh without contact with the outside world um no music no no external stimulation whatsoever um, no caffeine, no meat, no sugar, no alcohol. And then I did yoga three hours a day and uh, meditation one hour a day and massage also one hour a day. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, you know, probably the best experience of my life. Um, really close with my wedding day, I guess. <laughs> um, and and it gave me a lot of time to think. I, I don't know if any of, either of you have experienced this moment when you're drinking a glass of water and then you realize it's only after drinking it that you realize how thirsty you were you're like oh my gosh i didn't realize how thirsty i was and so that that is what my brain went through in that retreat i had it's almost like i had been torturing my brain for three decades without realizing and and then i i finally was able to you know link the dots because in this world we're usually like super externally stimulated we feel like the only way to um to gain knowledge is to consume it and we forget that there are actually other ways to gain knowledge and and that is by creating it yourself so let's say you have a data point in your head from last week and then another piece of information from two years ago if you let those dots connect in your brain you have you know innovation right there and so um, I spent a lot of weeks just meditating and doing yoga and being on my own. And one of the things that I that came out of that was uh, my realization that 
I could, you know, that there was no trade-off. I could do um, the things that I had always been excited about growing up, and I could also do the things that I knew most about. That's amazing. That's that's something that we all want to hear. I think. Um, have you yeah. have you guys tried have you guys tried to do a, a a meditation retreat of any kind? Not I haven't. But... Um, I mean, I, I've gone to different types of retreats. Um, personally, I was into I was into urban dancing uh, when I was you know when I was in college. So we would nice. have weekend retreats for that and. There were there would be uh, yoga yoga classes incorporated, and it was it was a lot about the that mind and body unity through breathing exercises, and it it it's it really um it's really nice to take a step back from from everyday busy life and um oh step away from like like the external external inputs as you mentioned uh, really helps helps you kind of I think just just um re- reprocess your experiences um your your memories and create a create a new new kind of paradigm uh moving forward from the retreat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what a month retreat would be like that's that sounds like a life-changing experience and i would i, I think i need to get a uh, get more details around about that uh after the call from you yeah it sounds yeah. interesting but yeah I'd be more yeah. than happy to share the tips but yeah i think the the the, the breakthrough was at you know day 17 or so so i'd recommend three full weeks i guess mm-hmm. at least yeah interesting so so coming out of this um you you had a new it was it a new f- framework for for what you wanted to do in you know in this world or, or what you wanted to do with your career did you have some sort of, is it is that how it ended like you had a realization and you decided to um kind of pivot your career and and kind of find 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 uh establish a new company around it yeah um it's it's hard to point out a specific reason because it was several weeks of being in my own head i guess but um but the months before i had been very aware of the traction that automation companies were having i think mostly enterprise companies right uipath or automation anywhere um and those companies uh, do something called robotic process automation, and they build software robots that automate a task that is usually quite repetitive um, so that the humans working for those companies don't have to, working for the clients, I guess, don't have to do repetitive things that machines can do. And when those tasks are slightly variable, meaning every time the task is slightly different, then they add a layer of intelligence to that. And, you know, two and a half years ago, there was no kind of agreed term on how to call those like somewhat intelligent bots. Um, and they they called it smart RPA. Um, and at need we call it intelligent automation. Um, so I was aware that that was happening. And I thought to myself, it's only a matter of time before it before intelligent automation reaches consumers daily lives. Um, when you think of the adoption of technology, some technologies start in the military. Um, the biggest use case is usually a commercial enterprise. And then consumers are always the last group of folks who, who benefit from them. So I thought it's only a matter of time before this happens. And that was one of the data points that I had before. Um, and of course, you know, working in, working in e-commerce for, for 10 years, I, I knew how much um, 
companies were using AI to do predictive intelligence and enforce products down people's throats. And <laughs> for lack of a better term, I guess, but uh, mm-hmm. as a consumer, I've always been very um, aware of that. And I'm the kind of a freak that constantly deletes all the cookies from my browser. Uh, I, I browse logged out of everything. Um, I'm, I've, never, I've never been on on you know Facebook or, or Instagram myself. Um, so I'm, I'm a privacy junkie and I never understood why um, my, my bubble was different from uh, my friends' bubbles, I guess, why their feeds were different, why uh, their ads were different. I mean, yeah, I understand the, the, the point, I guess, but I'm saying that it, it, where, where does that stop, right? That leads to, uh, you know, unfortunately, political polarization and, and informational determinism, really, like where you end up, you end up as a consumer, you're, you're making a choice. You feel you're making that choice, but you're actually not making that choice because your, your choices are actually limited by what the machine is showing you. And then instead what was happening and that that's the case for e-commerce as well. And then what was happening is the, the consumer is then left with having to um, check out on their own. So um, it's almost like I always use this, um, this uh, equivalent of, of going to a restaurant. So imagine that you go to a restaurant and then the server tells you, um, you're going to eat salmon today. And then um, pl- please go to the kitchen and cook it. You'd be like, no, I actually want to eat chicken today. And please, you go to the kitchen and cook it, right? So that's what's happening to, to e-com is that, you know, people are being uh, forced through these paths and then they decide to buy something, but it's then up to them to go and check out and create an account or, or use guest checkout or find their credit card or all these like additional rational choices um, that really are not needed in this day and age. That's why I'm a, I was a big fan of Amazon when, when I was working there. And I'm still a big fan of Amazon, especially their, their Amazon go stores. Um, there's one around the corner here in New York um, from my office. And um, I usually, you know, go in, I grab a salad, I walk out. And then if I forget, a drink i walk back in grab a drink walk out and there's no drama there's no checkout um so the future of checkout is no checkout both in brick and mortar and also online and so with nate that's exactly what what we're doing we're we're enabling you know human to human inspiration so if you download nate right now it will be completely empty which at first is a shock right you download an app and it's mm-hmm. like empty there's nothing in it well there will only be something in it if you choose to buy something or save an item or if a friend shares a list with you and you can follow their list or if a friend sends you a gift and you can accept that gift. Uh, but otherwise, it's empty. It's on you to decide what you save or what you don't save or, uh, or, or who to follow or who to not follow. Uh, and then once you decide to buy something, then the machine takes over and, um, and then, you know, execution is for machines, really. So that's the that's the Nate in its, in its latest form, I guess. And so when I was concepting the idea, um, I pulled from all of my experiences plus, you know, my appreciation for deep tech plus my knowledge that intelligent automation would eventually reach consumer pockets. And I wanted to be the first intelligent automation company for consumers. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Albert, I mean, you're just so passionate. It's very clear when you talk to us that you have a very clear vision. And 
I can imagine that you're a great CEO in terms of selling this passion and vision to others. And it seems like your employees, um, they come from Deloitte, Boston Consulting Group, but also fashion schools, right? Like FIT, um, FIT and Harvard Business School, right? So how do you create this cohesive culture and bring all these different um, people with different skill sets to the table and make sure that everyone's bought into a common vision? Oh, yeah, there's there's no, no one size fits all. I guess I can tell you what we do. I'm not sure if it would be applicable to uh, other companies, but thank you for that question, man. It's honestly, out of all the things that we've done at Nate, or actually in my career, my proudest achievement is the team that we have at Nate. We have uh, 40, 40, actually 39, 39 people, 39 humans and one machine, I guess. So 40 people. Uh, and... Um, and out of those, there are 25 different nationalities. There are five different religions and there are, you know, all sorts of uh, gender identities. And, and of course, you know, in industry and functional background differences as well. Um, and we, one of the things that I did, actually the very first thing I did, not, I'm, this is like true story. I've never told, I've never told anyone. I don't think my team knows this, um, but the very first thing I did um, before concepting what the consumer experience would be was uh, I drafted five leadership principles that we, to this day, we all live by. And people can also find them on our website at nate.tech slash join. And those principles, I can summarize them quickly. The first one is self-care isn't selfish. The second one is disagreeing is healthy. The third one is make true promises. The fourth one is forgiveness over permission. And the fifth one is always look forward. And everyone at Nate lives by those five principles. Um, so those are, you know, those guide everything, so much of what we do uh, on a daily basis and how we interact with each other. And that, I think, is what allows us to have a, a shared ownership and a shared mission Um regardless of uh, cultural or professional background. That's great. Yeah, it's so inspiring to have core values and to start out with that to create a company culture. And um, would love to understand how how you make sure that people, um, you know, fit this process, uh, fit this culture even during the interview process and, and what you look for and how you hire. We are, um, we definitely hire for runway. We, we're big believers in young talent. Um, from the get-go, we started solving, a, trying to solve a problem that, that had not been solved before. And that required a culture of creativity. Um, and so I knew that we couldn't, you know, create some sort of culture that, that demanded immediate output or immediate performance on the spot because then it would damage, um, it would damage the, the, the result. Um, and, um, and so the, that, that combined with the fact that it's actually interesting because it's by, it's because precisely because we are building a machine that we have um, a really solid understanding of, of what it is to be human. And one of the things that um, humans have and machines don't have on top of, you know, consciousness or personality and so and so on is, is of course, general intelligence. 
humans have general intelligence. The dumbest human in the world is way smarter than the smartest machine in the world. And that acknowledgement is, is an interesting one because it allows us to invest in, in, in people knowing that, um, that the human brain is capable of learning so much. Um, so we hire less based on their people's existing skill set and more based on these leadership principles that, that I mentioned. Of course, for certain roles, there is a minimum bar that you have to hit um, because, you know, it would be very inefficient for us to spend, let's say, three years training that person to get to, to, get to that point. But if a learning curve is three months or six months, we're actually quite comfortable with that because we know it pays off in the long term. And so the result of that is tons of fresh, young talent with new ideas. And what I love about um, people who, who don't have 20 years of experience, even though I love you know experts and, and I use them as advisors all the time, um, what I love about people who don't have that much experience is that they look at problems they just look at the, the rawness of the problem and they start from a complete blank canvas trying to solve that problem as opposed to going to the references of what they did at X company or what they did at Y company to solve a similar problem. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's, it's great to hear that you're really supporting this um, new talent, understanding that, that you know, everyone has... has room to grow and, and really getting behind that. Um, I think, I think, yeah, personally to, um, you know, uh, coming, coming fresh out of college, I think, uh, it, it did take, you know, a few months for, for, for me to transition from being a student to being a full-time worker. And, and, um, but once, once I did, I think I was able to contribute a lot more, um, to the company I, you know, I, was, I was working at. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really great that you guys are, guys are supporting these these new talents and and um um yeah and, and speaking of support um my quick question was um one of the things that i like to talk about too with our guests is is mentorship um mm. is there is there some sort of mentorship program or or what, what, yeah what's your take on it do you do you try to give each new hire a mentor uh, within the company or is there a certain program that you uh, encourage uh, that your your uh, employees to participate in. Um, yeah. So the so internally, no. Um, in fact, uh, it's um, we are quite the opposite of that. We don't we don't handhold people. Um, and so basically, when you start at need, you get a computer and a desk, and that's it. Um, you don't even get a title. <laughs> so at need, you you can choose your own title. Um, and mm-hmm. you can change it anytime. So we have this policy called absolute work title freedom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that uh, is, is scary for some people. They're like, wait, can, I, can you, uh, you know, give me a buddy or a mentor or someone within me to kind of coach me through um, what's happening here or what I should be doing? Of course, people report to someone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But, but the, the culture is very much, you know, you have to figure it out on your own rather than this is the set of tasks that you have to do. It's a very goal-driven um, culture rather than task-driven or micromanaging culture, even in the most junior hires. And um, we do have um, a, a program 
for external people to to join us for two weeks um, that gives them a glimpse of what it is to work at Nate. We call it uh, our career accelerator program. And it's, it's, it's actually a two-week program uh, where college students or recent grads decide to join us for, for two weeks and they get assigned a project that is cross-functional. And this is actually to address uh, the topic, partially the topic that you touched on earlier when you were discussing when you, you know, when you graduated from college, it took you a few months to figure out what you were doing. Um, and th- this is the experience for most people. You know, most people are doubting whether they chose the right major or the right minor or whether their internships were the right ones. They don't know. The world is massive and, and there's this constant doubt of, you know, is this what I should be doing? Can I try something else? And so, and, and, and by trying something else, does that mean that I have to commit to three months or a whole year trying something else? And at Nade, we give people that chance to try that for just two weeks. So it's two weeks, one project that is cross-functional that touches on two different functions. So it could be design and data science or growth and engineering or product and finance or and so on. Um, and and then at the end of the program, uh, by the way, also during the program, there's a, pu- a bunch of sessions that are, let's say, about a brand strategy workshop or a communications workshop or a product workshop or, um, you know, machine learning 101 workshop and, uh, or a meet the investor session where you get to meet um, early stage venture capital investors who come to the office and, 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 and join a panel and so on. So it's a, it's a, it's a very comprehensive two week moment that, um, and we have, uh, we do it fortnightly. We have uh, five people every two weeks or so five people per cohort join us and that's the closest thing to 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 any mentorship that we do and it is and for me mentors have been so so key for me in in my career and so it is our way to um let's say pay it forward that makes sense yeah um i mean albert like when you bring all these people together right um and i'm sure a lot of these interns convert to full-time right and um, they're probably people with a lot of opinions, right? Because yeah. there's just a lot of diverse viewpoints. Um, and I think in your cultural le- leadership principles, you mentioned something about disagreements, right? How do you make sure that disagreements are resolved and that um, you know people feel appreciated and people feel like things are resolved in a fair process? Hmm. Um, so disagreeing is healthy is is definitely one of our core principles and. And we call people out when they're too agreeable. Like, for example, if someone is, you know, clearly not agreeing with the consensus in that meeting um, and they are not um, speaking out, uh, then we say, you know, we we create that space for that person to voice their disagreement, if any. Uh, but no disagreements at Nate, however heated or excited they are, they, they are never personal. Um, so that's also something that I... I also kind of learned from Amazon. Amazon has a quite quite an intense culture in that sense, where people sometimes shout at each other, uh, but it's never personal, right? They can you know grab a beer after work, um, but it, it's because they're super invested in the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, we're, we're not that extreme at Nate. Uh, we're a bit more bubbly, but um, but we definitely voice the disagreement. So um, it's a the framework is not just disagree for the sake of it. Is if you feel that there was something unsaid or there was an assumption there or, you know, call it out and then we'll break the problem further and at least agree 
on what our blind spots are. And then once we make a decision on which direction to go, everyone has to commit, right? It's not, oh, just because I disagreed, I'm not going to work on this. No, if, you know, if the consensus is that we're going in this direction, then we're going to try it out and do our best. And then if, if then data disproves that direction, then we'll go back to, you know, what someone else had said. And indeed, you know, career accelerator program folks, we call them CAP, um, CAP um, cohort members or CAP alums. We have a massive alumni community already. Um, they are, you know, in, insanely intelligent and they have the best opinions. They disagree often. And so much of what you see at Nate today uh, in terms of the consumer experience actually, you know, got initiated uh, or developed in, in, a, in a CAP project. Amazing. Wow. Well, it sounds like you guys have an awesome team there. I'm, I'm, I'm almost convinced of, to, to apply to join your, your company now. <laughs> Please. <Yeah. laughs> um, wow. So, so with all these, you know, superstars, you know, Nate is, is doing very well. Uh, you guys finished fundraising. And um, I think I saw that you, the applications are already on the app store to download to, and try out. Yes, yes. So we we launched it in July with uh, with a waitlist, um, and then we realized that you know there were thousands and thousands of people waiting on that waitlist, and we're like, oh my gosh, we better you know get going to, you know, at least give some sort of public version to allow people in, um, and because otherwise they're going to be mad at us waiting for so many these many weeks on a waitlist, and so uh, then we decided to remove the waitlist completely um, last month. And, and now, yeah, anyone can download. There's no wait time. Uh, we started the wait time. It was like four weeks before, then went down to three and then two. And then, um, and then by the time we removed the wait list, I think there was an average wait time of seven days. And we're like, okay, we're ready. Um, there's still like, you know, some things that, that, would, that, that need improvement. For example, uh, a lot of our customers tell us that when they create a list on Nate, um, because you can add any, you can save any item from the web onto Nate, right? And you can create um, a list or as many lists as you want. And you can share them with friends. Um, but one of the things you cannot do at Nate yet is to edit the cover image of that list. Uh, you can edit the title, but the cover image of the list uh, is by default the first product that you add to that list. So a user will add, let's say, seven products or, or 200 products to a list. And then it's after finishing all those finishing when they finish adding all of those items that they realize oh i actually want this other product to be the cover image or i want to upload my own um and so for example that is one thing that we know um that people want to be able to do and we're gonna probably do it soon uh but um it, removing the waitlist has been uh a really good learning experience for us because um there are so many people who are excited and who give us feedback on a, on a daily basis about what to improve and and i'm really happy also because it means that you know thousands and thousands of people are um using nate for their holiday shopping it's actually the biggest quarter of the year in retail man i'm, I'm sure you already know this yourself uh and so um you know almost half of the of uh of retail revenue happens in this quarter in the us right um and so then we decided to also launch this other feature that is called gifts and gifts is this idea that you should be able to send a gift to anyone without having their address. You know, there's like painful moment where you're like, 
hey what's your what's your latest address and then you have to like go and copy paste it and then go check out and mark that tedious box that says different shipping than billing and and so on and so forth um so at nate you don't have to do that you can just um ask nate to buy this for you and then edit the shipping and select ship to a friend which generates a link and you can paste that link onto um a text message or or, or an instagram dm or anywhere else where you want to send it um and it's the receiver of the the gift that accepts the gift. And if the receiver is already on Nate, then super easy because chances are they already have their address saved in the Nate app. Um, so it really takes you know two seconds to send any gift from any store to any friend, um, and it is a is a really popular feature. And it also um, initiated um, in, in the last few months because we were listening to to feedback and uh, as we were approaching the the holiday gifting season. Yeah. Yes, Albert, I downloaded the app and it took me literally maybe 30 seconds to check out from a website uh, for yeah. a clay face mask. So, you know what, um, I'm sure the conversion ratios and the, the uplift in revenue for companies um, where consumers are using Nate is, is massive, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that's a huge ROI. Um, yeah, tell us more about your vision for Nate. It seems like you guys have launched. It's super exciting. There's momentum. Um do you guys plan on being acquired someday by a company like Amazon or do you imagine an IPO? Um, yeah, no, we are, we're not getting acquired anytime soon. Uh, any, uh, any noise uh, or any chatter uh, in that, in that world, I have, uh, have been really clear about to anyone um, initiating that conversation that, there are no plans uh, to uh, to sell the boat before we build the boat, um, and and yeah, right now it's it's all about building a you know hundred billion dollar business. Hmm. The good news about Nate and what you know our our primary um, advantage is that there's no supply side. Right, Nate is entirely universal. So we don't need to work with uh, retailers in order to deliver this experience to our customers. This is a consumer first and consumer only business. You download Nate and you're able to, as you mentioned, man, you know, be able to uh, buy any item on any website in, in under five seconds. And um, not having supply side makes it entirely universal, which means the world is our oyster. And as of right now, um, no one else is, is able to deliver this service. And we we take that job very seriously because it means that it's it's really ours to fuck up. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I personally see a huge potential potential in, in social shopping as well. I mean, I'm still I'm still on Instagram or or even even TikTok. Right? People are getting in, or these influencers are, are getting paid product placements all the time and. Maybe one day, you know, Nate will be the integrated app that will help these inter- uh, influencers um, connect connect with the audience, and just the audience can just purchase it right away. Um, yeah, it's it's actually funny because um, it's not something that we are building towards, but it's actually already happening um, naturally. There was actually a piece on on Forbes uh, just last week, I believe, Friday, about um, a couple of influencers that were. Um, talking about their life and they mentioned the Nate app. <laughs> so they gave us a shout out, which we appreciated and, and how they are using it all the time to, um, 
curate lists and and share those lists with their mm. with their fans and followers um so yeah at me i guess anyone can be an influencer whether you have a following of uh, a million or 10 million or 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 10 people or one person <laughs> you can be an influencer too so to give you an example uh as a user I, i'm not on instagram myself um so i'm not the kind of person that shares um nate lists publicly even though a lot of our users do um, but the way i use nate for example is um I, I i spoke at nyu recently and um someone in the audience asked me which books i had been reading recently and i decided to put together a list of about 10 books or so on nate and i shared it with them and that list right now has you know several hundred followers or so uh, and then i have another list that is very private just for me and my husband, for example, because we we recently moved to a new apartment and we were kind of shopping for furniture and and um, and so I added a few couches and and light fixture ideas that I wanted in the new house and he's he's following that list, but it's just for him and I. And then I have a bunch of lists that are also private, right? That are the, the ones that I use for my regular shopping. Um, so different people will have different. Um, needs in terms of the the social aspect of of nate and we want to um be able to serve all of them if you are the kind of person that um is very public about everything they buy uh everything you buy then we want to be able to offer that for you as well and if you're really private and it's just for you then that's a way in which you know you can kind of reduce your 100 safari tabs into one consolidated place uh then nate is also for you yeah, it's interesting to see. I I, I didn't realize, but it, you can also put other ob, other things besides just clothing. So you 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 mentioned you had a book list. Um, that's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, think, you can add any item, anything that, um, any item that um that you as a human would be able to buy on a website. Uh, I guess in the U.S. because we're only live in the U.S. So, um, mm-hmm. then. Yeah, you're able to add it to Nate, um, and you can save it for later, or add it to a list, or, or of course, buy it on the spot. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you what if you had any books you recommended to the audience, but I was just, you know, at this point, you know, you should follow Albert on on his Nate profile and <laughs> find that find the list yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. I'm happy to share the the list link with you. Um, sure. Yeah, and sure, yeah, people yeah. buy all sorts of stuff. Honestly, people in, in, indeed buy you know fashion, beauty, wellness. Um, I, I bought a Peloton on Nate the other day. Um, uh, I bought a, you know my AirPods that I'm wearing right now. I bought them. I'm actually looking at. What I'm wearing my Apple Watch, my Versace bracelet, my okay. Oliver sh- shoes, my Everlane jeans, my Theory um, sweater, um, my AirPods, my computer. I bought my face mask. Um, everything I, that if you could see me right now, everything that I have around me, it was bought on Nate. <laughs> I haven't uh-huh. checked out on a single website in two years. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, moving forward, is there, you know, for the audience, um, is there something that you wanted to kind of mention in terms of um, what you wanted to announce about Nate? Or is there something that Nate is looking for in terms of partnerships or, or uh, investors or, or maybe just users? Um Maybe you can take this chance to let the audience know. Yeah, thank you for giving me that chance. Um, so uh, really the the thing that I love the most and there's never enough of is is feedback. I love product feedback. Um, so, you know, usually uh, the, we, we keep hearing, oh, Nate is awesome. Nate has changed my life. 
I don't know how I would live without Nate. And we, of course, love all of that. It gives us so much energy. But we also need the harsher feedback of like, I found a bug or I wish I could do this or um, why doesn't this work? And and so that is uh, that is gold for us because, you know, we are um, we are a company that is not just you know, built by me and, and, and used by the world. It's, it's actually built by, by all of all 40 people at Nate plus, you know, hundreds of people who send us feedback regularly. So that's one thing that, that there's never enough of. Uh, and the best way to send feedback is in the, in the U tab in the app, there's a section called chat and that opens a chat, uh, which is, um, iMessage actually, and you can just chat with Nate or with us via iMessage. And I promise that part is not automated, meaning you you will find another human on the other side of the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's usually the best um, that's the the best thing I, I, I could ask for. Um, and of course, use Nate for the holiday season. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, awesome, awesome. And how do how would how do how would the audience um, get in contact with you? How do they keep up with with Nate or you? Uh, do you guys have a social media channel or uh, yes. should, they, should they just um, follow you on, on Nate lists? Uh, so we are on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Nate underscore app. Um, and then um, I'm happy to give my email as well. It's albert at nate.tech. If anyone has any questions, I'm happy to also redirect them to the right person at Nate. Um, to... Amazing. Amazing. And we'll definitely add your... Uh, book list uh, into the podcast description as well so that yes. users can um, easily easily access it amazing awesome. well yeah it was, it was great chatting with you um thanks for so much for for coming on the podcast uh thanks for thanks for co-hosting Mint, and uh, really looking forward to um you know your journey uh with 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 nate and i'll definitely yeah. uh buy, buy a couple items uh for my for my family uh, this christmas that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Kinsa and Min, you, you, you're both awesome. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Thanks so much, Albert. Thanks for joining us for an amazing interview. If you really enjoyed it, come give us a positive review on iTunes or any other platform you use to listen to our episodes. Otherwise, you can listen to our previous episodes at aroundthecoin.com and also follow us on social media like twitter linkedin etc to keep up to date with the latest ones coming out thanks for joining us with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.